Hello and welcome to NDIS Know How, a podcast series that asks how can parents get the very best NDIS plan and sufficient funding to support their kid. This podcast is written and made by me, Melanie Dimmitt, the author of Special, and powered by HireUp, a disability support platform connecting families like mine with top-notch support workers. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Lisa Greck, a researcher, psychologist, and proud mum to Hannah, her 20-year-old daughter who has a rare genetic condition and intellectual disability. Lisa herself has multiple sclerosis, or MS, and chronic mental health issues. She co-parents and cares for Hannah with her ex-husband, Tim. As you will hear, Lisa uses what she calls an aggressive strategy when it comes to Hannah's NDIS plan reviews, and she also advocates more broadly around inequality issues with the scheme. I've split our conversation into two parts. In this first one, Lisa shares how she assertively and effectively gets what her family needs from the scheme. First up, I ask Lisa, how long has Hannah been an NDIS participant? She's now had an NDIS package for, uh, she might be on her, I think about her fourth year of, of it, um, if, I'm, if I'm correct, if I haven't lost a year somewhere in there. <laughs> That could easily happen. Yes. Lisa, you tell me that when you go to Hannah's plan reviews, you go at them with what you describe as an aggressive strategy. Can you tell me what this aggressive strategy looks like? I do. And, and this is the one, one of the things that highlights the deficits of the NDIS because this is not a strategy that you should have to use. And I think that that's an important thing in that I do go in and I will say well, usually there's there's so much change in NDIS staff um, that you generally don't have the same um, local area coordinator uh, from year to year or you'll be lucky if you get the same one for two years. So I do have a strategy of when I'm rung up to get my our next I'd say my but um but you know for for our family Hannah's next um review I will say to the person that rings me please don't give me anybody that doesn't know the system that doesn't know um the guidelines properly because I do know them and I will challenge um what the the person says um and I also do make a point of of saying that you know if I I, I will I'll preface this by saying I don't ask for things that aren't reasonable and necessary. So I'm not asking for anything you know weird and wonderful, right? Just just what the NDIS is there for. But I will say to the person because we will challenge it. We will appeal if we don't get the resources that we need and that's a strategy that actually has been very helpful and I say that it's been very helpful because sometimes they will change the LAC to make sure that I'm given an appropriate LAC um and and so I've been very comfortable with that. I do have an example of of once where you know often you get an LAC that thinks they know what your family needs rather than that they actually do listen and know what your family needs. And we did have one young man once um, who uh, we were asking for, so we had cleaning two hours a fortnight in the package. 
and we were asking for that to be two hours weekly. Uh, so um, I had also, because of course the LAC uh, rightly likes to understand a bit about the participant and and side said that Hannah loves helping you know she loves helping with things like she's she's got her tasks unstacking the dishwasher is one of them um you know helping with uh putting up the washing and and taking down the washing and making her bed is another one and so he translated that in his naivety of not actually spending much time with people with severe disabilities like my daughter's into well I don't think that you'll get the extra cleaning because clearly Hannah's helping out around the house and so and and, and in fact we did not get that funding that year which uh, realistically any helping around uh, is is total supervision but also often results in me having to do extra cleaning and and so forth you know Hannah helping hang out the washing means Hannah's standing there giving me the pegs and even then I still need to keep her on task come on give me more pegs and you know so so I think that that's a really important thing that I want to avoid when I'm going into those meetings um and so the next year I had thought about you know like over the over the year I had thought about how frustrating that was that that that's what that translated into and of course we didn't get that extra funding and so the next year when I went into that you know next meeting I had said this we did not get this last year and that was inappropriate and I will be appealing if we don't get it you know this is my I don't know she's 20 now but would have been a bit younger at the time and therefore she should be able to do these things I am doing them all for her plus x y and z um so uh yeah it is an aggressive strategy that I do use I do go in there and I make sure that I use their terminology as well um and of course um because I do have MS but I don't have MS that at that level that I feel I need my own package yet um I will say uh, you know I've read the the guidelines and I will say that um you know it might you might not think that it's necessary for Hannah but it's to avert a family crisis which is another one of their criteria and to keep the um participant in their family home which is another one of their criteria that they will look at other things so it really is about about knowing that criteria that that if i fall down if i fall apart my cat has come to visit if i fall <laughs> apart then um Obviously, that is going to have an impact on Hannah. And so therefore, they really need to be listening to what I need as well to keep Hannah well. Family crisis. The first time I've heard that NDIS term. Can you tell me a bit about what that is and how we might want to use that term and that, you know, outcome potential outcome in our meetings yeah sure so I mean if they haven't changed the guidelines and 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 so you know I I read them 
a little while ago now, so I haven't haven't had to go back to them. But um, one of the criteria is that there is some flexibility is to avert a family crisis. And, and so I think that one of the things that frustrates me about the NDIS is that it's all about the participant, but they forget that when you, especially when you are in either a, um, your participant has an intellectual disability or a severe mental health um, difficulty, or that participant is still at an age that they are dependent, that there's still not enough focus on the people, the family, that they, they live in a family. And, and the immense amount of pressure that is put on that family um, to be able to get, look after their person in the best that they possibly can, it, it, it's... It, I find it really frustrating that it's not ranked highly enough, and it's so. So the to avert a family crisis is is about making sure that the family is actually staying functional. And because if you fall down, then your person, you know, can't be looked after. And and so it is about making sure that the whole family is actually being looked after to a point where they can stay functional. So I will go in and I will say, I am a person with MS and chronic depression. And therefore, it is about making sure that I stay well too. And so that keeping that context is about ensuring that um, that there is that bit more flexibility. So, so whether you let's just go back to the cleaning, and and I would argue that cleaning should be available for for anybody that is doing a um a substantial support um a, a position for somebody of Hannah's age. But but let's just say um Hannah was younger and and not deemed of age appropriate. Uh, it's about it's about um, looking at um, the whole picture and saying we need to keep this person well to make sure that we keep the participant in the family home and out in the community and and so that's my understanding of the flexibility around being able to look at it from that perspective they will that they, they will bend a bit more if if you are highlighting that this is what your family needs can you tell me how the scheme has supported and helped your family amazingly and and, and certainly i think that that's a really important thing to say we did come in to the before NDIS you know I mean I had Hannah you know she's 20 so so we've experienced what happened before and I if we were still in that system I would not be working I'm in a high level job you know I, may, I might be working part-time or something like that I certainly wouldn't be in the high level position that I'm in because I just wouldn't be able to keep up at that level with the demands um, and without the level of, you know, we have a big team of amazing support workers um, that help us 
look after Hannah and make sure that she's kept happy and safe and engaged. And despite the fact that it still takes a lot of work to coordinate all of that, we can do it. It's, you know, but we wouldn't be in that situation without the NDIS. So, you know, I would say it's life-changing. It, it absolutely is life-changing, life-enhancing, not only for Hannah as the participant, but certainly the support that it gives is life-changing and life-enhancing for us as a family. A big thank you to Lisa for this chat and be sure to catch part two where she delves into what needs to change for us to have a fairer, more equitable scheme for all. Recently, for our Higher Up News platform, Lisa wrote one side of a respectful debate with fellow disability advocate Carly Finley around who has the right to talk about the issues facing people with disability. I've put a link to this article in the show notes of this episode. As always, thanks to Hire Up for supporting me in making this podcast, and I'll catch you again soon on NDIS Know How.